This pandemic and how people have responded to it has made me think about dialogue and how we relate with those who do not agree with us on certain things. I've always been a bit of a bridge builder and peacemaker, and so I don't understand how two people who don't see eye to eye on some things can conclude that they cannot agree on anything. I have very dear friends who would never agree with me on some fundamentals about Catholicism, but we are still friends. I still trust them, and they still trust me. We still love each other. And I also understand that everyone has a story and probably good reasons for their beliefs. As a Christian and as a deacon, I'm called to listen to them so I can understand what they think and why, so I can understand how they feel, basically, so I can get to know them. Because if I cannot get to know them, I can't get to love them. Usually, after a little bit of listening, we find that our views are not that far apart. As we come out of this pandemic, I urge you to let go of the division and polarization that is promoted so much in the media. People are not two-dimensional. Next time you encounter someone who disagrees with you on vaccines or mandates or abortion or marriage or politics or anything, take a breath and take the time to see them as people just like you with hopes and fears, children who are loved by God. Take the time to listen to them, to get to know them, and then love them. That is how we're going to come out of this pandemic as better people in a better world. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, it's so good to see you. It's great to be here. It, it's As a, always, it, it's always weird to say Happy New Year when we're almost at Lent, but Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, to you and to everybody at Salt and Light. Yes. Um, are you ready for Lent or are you the kind of person that sort of tries to ignore it, ignore it until the very last, last, last moment? Oh, no, I'm actually more prepared this year, maybe because we had an extra week or two. We have an extra week or two to prepare. Yes. I have my spiritual reading book picked out, um, oh, which good. is always a big part of my Lenten experience. And yes, I'm really excited. It, it's going to be a deep dive into the passion of the gospel according to Matthew. So oh, very excited good. about it. All right. Wow. Okay, good. So everybody listening, find your spiritual reading for Lent. And if you and if this is news to you, it's March 2nd <laughs> is Ash Wednesday. It's coming up That's in right. two weeks. Um, sister, today Danny Torquia is going to join us. Um, he's going to continue his new series. I don't know if you had have had a chance to listen to. He started a new little series. He's still up talking about media, kind of yes, media ministry, yes. but he's he's calling this series Consumers to Priests, and he's making that distinction between the, the, what it means to be a consumer and the opposite is what it means to be a priest. Um, and today, awesome. so it's very interesting. Yes. And today he's talking, he's going to be talking about lobbyists, lobbying mm. and mm. civic engagement. So I think that wow. that's something wow. that uh, concerns all of us. It and, certainly uh, does. Yeah, I know. And Sounds both, intriguing. And I will be countries. checking it out. <laughs> yes, please. So that's in about five minutes. Danny will be here to talk about lobbying and civic engagement. And then, sister, you're on. So what are we talking about today in Windows to the Soul? 
Oh, we're talking about Oscar nominees oh. and a couple of my favorites and a couple of themes I've seen in the nominated films. Okay, very good. Yeah, it's that time of the year, Oscar nominations. Um, so that's in about, I'm going to say 15 minutes or so, Sister Marie is going to stick around and, 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 and we'll talk about some Oscar nominated films. Um, Sister, have you heard of a video series, web series called Catholic Central? I've heard of it. I have not watched anything oh, yet. Really? Oh, I'd be curious to see what you think. So this is a project of Family Theater Productions, our friends, yes. our friends on Sunset Boulevard. Um, it's it's a fun. Uh, they they call their segments snackable segments because they're short, um, <laughs> entertaining, um, yet I think solid solid. Uh, Catholic teaching. They they offer accurate answers to basic questions of the faith. It's hosted by uh, Kai and Libby, two young, fun hosts. Um, and the reason why we want to, I mean, they've been doing this show for four years, maybe now, but the yes. reason why I'm, I'm, we're talking about it today is because they've packaged them as half hour episodes. So we're going to be airing them on Salt and Light Television. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Great. So people can watch them online as web series, but now also our TV viewers will be able to watch it as well. So we're going to be speaking with Susie Duenas. She's the producer of the show. Um, and so she's going to come on to tell us all about it in about 25 minutes or so in our second half hour. And then I, I don't know if you've heard of a singer, songwriter, speaker, worship leader, uh, retreat facilitator. He does it all. His name is Cooper Ray. I don't know if in your no, I, I don't and, know. As Cooper. you go to different conferences, and um, so Cooper has been around for a long time. We we had him on the show. Well, wow, probably five years ago in 2017. I think he was uh, on on the show, um, and that was a long time ago. So <laughs> so we felt it was it was about time that we reconnected with Cooper. Uh, the last two years have been very difficult for people in ministry. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I think most of what he does is facilitating retreats. And I am pretty sure that there were very little to none of that happening. So yes. we look forward to speaking with Cooper Ray and to listen to some of his music. Um, Wonderful. So that'll be in about 40 minutes. Um, so I hope that all our listeners can stick around for that. Um, and of course, as you know, sister, if anybody cannot stick around, they can listen to the show anytime on our website, slmedia.org, and also anywhere where you get your podcasts. So just look for the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast. Sister, you ready? You ready for today? Oh, yes. Okay, so we're going to I start. can't wait. <laughs> we're going to start with a song, as we always do. Here's Cooper Ray with This Place in My Heart from his album, Anywhere for You. I kept searching for something or someone to fill me For some sort of purpose of what I should do Hoping that one of these things would complete me To fill the emptiness of life without you I looked here and there and all around To try to fill my cup with all that I found They never fill me up these things get falling through Cause there's a place in my heart That is made just for you A place in my heart That is made just for you I kept avoiding the call Afraid to test the waters To 
give you my heart and follow the truth But I didn't know all that you had to offer That this hole in my life could be filled by you I looked here in my heart that is made just for you I finally found the one who completes me gives my life meaning a reason to live Shows me the path to how my life can be It's not what I receive but what I should give I looked here and there and all around And try to fill my cup with all that I found They never fill me up These things get falling through Cause there's a place in my heart that is made just for you place in my heart that is made just for you, yeah A place in my heart that is made just for you That was Cooper Ray with This Place in My Heart from his album Anywhere for You and we're going to be speaking with Cooper Ray in our second half hour so I hope that you'll still be around for that And now it's time for... Consumers versus priests with Danny Torquia. Danny, good to see you again. Happy, I guess it's not too too late to say Happy New Year. You know, we're making our way in the first quarter of the business uh, cycle. Happy to be here, Deacon. So we're talking about lobbying. Yes, okay. absolutely. Well, I mean, lobbying is a term that we lobby around, but do people really know the extent of the industry? No, they don't. <laughs> well, so so for the benefit of those who don't, which is a, a sizable portion of the population, you know, I thought we should talk about that because lobbying is a big industry. It it definitely includes public relations professionals mm-hmm. and the the the, pr- the business or the prof- prof- profession. So happy to talk about it and discuss, make sure that we Canadians or Americans know that there's a lobby registry, that it's public, that the the Canadian government and American government are trying really hard to keep it transparent, but we got a ways to go. So, So what is a lobbyist? What do they do? Yeah, well, a a PR, I would say it's a public relations person, a communications or reputational uh, consultant that's focused on ensuring that there's a very fertile soil between an organization with its own interests and the government and, you know, ministries uh, in in different departments of the government. Mm -hmm. And they're going to use any kind of communication tool. Um, Could be surveys, could be um, kits that are, I would call them a media kit, but they would call it, you know, maybe a, uh, an issue kit uh, a dossier on a certain issue. And, and of course you use interpersonal relationships. I'm hinting at a lunch or a, a walk or a phone call, but, but including events, press events and, and that kind of stuff, but it's all geared towards um, communicating your client's interests to uh, movers and shakers in government so that they 
they, so that we can affect change in their behavior, which means good legislation to let our companies sell or have what they need from government. It's so very it's, powerful. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's specifically to, for government, like, like nobody's lobbying any, anybody else. They're lobbying government. Yeah, they are, absolutely are. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that, uh, that we have in both countries is a uh, public disclosure of lobbyists who are registered. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, I, I used to be called, uh, we work in tough industries. Well, we've worked in tobacco, we've worked in other industries, mm-hmm. um, and we've been called by the, by, by the government representatives a few times saying, are you a lobbyist? And we have to say, no, we're not, we don't do that. But, but so the government is actively looking to make sure the registry is accurate. But, you know, it's super important to know that there are so many lobbyists, obviously paid for by profitable uh, industries that have um, interests with government legislation. So you're thinking of vice industries like smoking, cannabis, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, others. Uh, you gun know, lobby uh, is the one that I keep thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. But also, you know, it could be reproductive rights. I mean, there's no extent. Yeah. You've got lobbyists for even uh, maybe go- having more access to golf courses. You've got everything. But when you look at a little uh, research on the registry of the faith, how many lobbyists are registered for the faith, well, you see there's where the money is. You see that the faith in the Catholic Church is, is, is quite impoverished. So you're suggesting, if I'm listening correctly, that the church could be considered a lobbyist if they were thinking that way? Well, you know, I think that the, the church right now in the Canadian registry, there's about 100 uh, lobbyists that have uh, the word Catholic in their description. Okay. And that compares in Canada, that compares to about 3,000 for tobacco and 6,000 for the general pharmaceutical industries. And in the US, there's 571 registered lobbyists with Catholic in the description versus 12,000 for pharma and 6,000 for tobacco. Wow. So it, it just forces us uh, citizens to not belittle the letter or the email that you send to your member of parliament or your, you know, your governor um, and, and that we should go even beyond that and is maybe we should try to speak at a open uh, committee or a municipal town hall really get involved in the community because that's what a lot of special interests are doing so of course we're gonna have a culture of death if there's a lot of money in death and vice versus virtue so uh, and again correct me if i'm wrong but are you saying that because we don't have the resources to have more lobbying that people like you and me should be more engaged civically I am, because if you look at the USCCB, so the Conference of Bishops in Washington, the association, or, and the same thing in Canada with the Canadian Conference in Ottawa, you know, they're, they're not that well endowed from a staffing perspective, mm-hmm. from a uh, money monetary perspective. Uh, so, but, so therefore, they just don't have the funds. Uh, and, and by the way, while I, I think lobbying is, a, is obviously there, we got to contribute, but I, I, it's much nicer to have a legion of ordinary citizens do this out of their heart, as opposed to paying big bucks for a professional lobbyist who might be more mercantile or mercenary, if you know what I mean, looking for the, the money and not so much driven by passion. So we hope that the church and the faith can do more and advocate for change with our hearts. Yeah, I, I I think that the challenge would be then to make sure that the voice, the good thing about having a lobbyist is that you, at least you know the message is consistent and that the lobbyist is is making a point of building those relationships, whereas the active citizen 
you know, if a hundred active citizens show up and they have, um, I don't know if this is a good example, but the, the recent protests in Ottawa and in Windsor with the truckers, there were so many different voices that were pushing, if I can say different agendas or different wanting different results that I think the message got lost. Um, yeah, well, repetition and simplicity of messaging is key, but uh, but certainly that's a good example of civic engagement in a creative way. Yeah. Um, and as long as we encourage uh, civility and respect and dialogue, I mean, those are ethics of communications and ethics of the faith, then we're, we should be pleased. I didn't want to use the word proud, but we should be pleased yeah. that we're doing our best to continue our, our healthy democracy and, and speaking from the heart, but in this case, they're using uh, their trucks and, and props to stage an event. Uh, but there's there's the potato board of PI is doing the same thing with trucks and potatoes. Like everybody has the right to use creative events and publicity stunts, just like they could use a little letter to the member of parliament. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. And there are Catholic organizations in both countries, Canada, US, that are actually helping uh, people like you and me. Hmm. learn how to best engage civically, how to write that letter to your member of parliament or your, to your legislator and how to do it in a way that it's actually going to be conducive to, 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 to success and not just making them angry and making you angrier. Um, I keep thinking I've had uh, uh, on our show, we've talked about an organization called CFAM, the center for family and human rights. I don't know if they're considered a lobby organization, but I think they function very similarly in the United nations. They're, they're an institute uh, that that monitors and it tries to affect social policy debate in the United Nations. So I guess in that sense, they are lobbying um, in, in a yeah. way. Well, yeah. and in, in Toronto, you make me think that there's a small group called Catholic Conscience. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and they too help to form and engage citizens that to do this kind of um, yes. yeah. reach and, outreach. And, and I believe that in the U.S. there's a similar, it might have even the same name, Catholic Conscience. Um, and they're the kind of organizations that are helping yeah. regular citizens uh, be smart about how we engage politically. Um, Absolutely. Well, it's so much to, to do, but uh, with patience and with uh, friends and ally and nice friends to do the, the work, we can get through this. Yes. And maybe there's some, someone listening out there who's wondering what they can do. Maybe they can start their own Catholic lobbying organization and help help the church. Uh um, affect some change at a, at a, at a, at a legislative, legislative level. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as long as we speak heart to heart, we'll do uh, God's work. Amen. Okay, good. Thank you, Danny. This is uh, an important conversation. Thank you for uh, my pleasure. Thank you for sharing it with us today. Anytime. Danny, Danny Torquia. He's the managing director of Torquia communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can learn more at dialogueandgrace.com. Hello, hello, I'm Benjamin Cello, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can send me an email, pedro at slmedia.org, and let me know what you think of the show. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley, sister who's been sitting here patiently listening to our other segments. Oh, they're all fascinating. There's no patience needed, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> so Oscar nominees, have you watched all of them? I've seen only about half of the nominated films for Best Picture, 
um, uh, best, uh, you, know, you know, the different categories. Uh, so my review won't be like, I can't say, I can't predict what I think should win the Oscar for best picture because I suspect that I missed some of the one or two of the best films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really eager to see Belfast. I have not had a chance to see yeah. that yet. And so I'm really hoping that for that. But I did see a, in the films that I did see, I was seeing a lot of films that were really delving into family and family relationships. And since, you know, we often highlight family films here, you know, films that are appropriate for most or all of the family to see, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'd go with the three strong, three strong families that I see uh, in these, in this year's nominees, uh, which is actually really encouraging. You yeah, know, I some would- of the films are very dark. But um, some of them are satirical. Some of them are very, oh, they show the consequences of evil, yeah. uh, which, which is valid. Like that's something that we need to reflect on. But it was very encouraging to see these positive takes on the family. No, I, I, and I'm encouraged because I have to admit, I don't even know which films are nominated. That's how <laughs> under a rock I am. I don't even know if I've seen any of them because I don't know which ones are nominated. So it's encouraging to, to talk to you first so you can tell me which are the films that I should be paying attention to. And if there's some films that, that are really uh, promoting certain family values, I think that that's good. So which ones are there? I'll, I'll dive right in with my, right now, my top three favorites. And then, but knowing that there's, there's some good, there's some other good films out there. Um, I would say, okay, so I'm going to start with number three and back my way in. So number three uh, on my list is uh, Encanto, which is the the lovely musical um, that Disney and Pixar, it's on Disney Plus, it's streaming there. And um, it's great for the whole family. Um, It is a wonderful um, fantastical take with strong elements of Hispanic culture in there. Um, Colombian, I think. Okay. Uh, I, we have a sister in community who's Colombian, and I actually want to watch the film with her. I understand she's seen it once in Spanish and she loved it. So okay. I'm going to get her to watch it with me again. Okay, I've heard a lot about this film, but I have not seen it, but I do have Disney Plus. So that maybe can, that's something we can watch this weekend in in Ontario as you know this Monday is family day it's a holiday right. so that's maybe right. that's a good film we can watch on family day that's a, that's good and it's it's got something for everybody uh you know uh the music is really upbeat uh Lynn Manuel Miranda does uh, the original a lot of the original songs but it's just it's really it's a very entertaining film the reason why it's number 3 instead of number 2 or number 1 on my list because the animation is amazing is because I didn't find it had the same depth or the same realism with regard to the family relationships, although they're beautiful. And um, but it it has some really good points about actually all three of these films talk a lot about courage, communication and loyalty to family and what that means for the individual also, like that tension between being ourselves and being part of a family. So all three films do that and Kanto does that in a beautiful way. My second choice is CODA, which is an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. Now this is a live action film that I think works really well for younger teens and up. It does have quite a bit of crude language and 
crude innuendo, um, but it's a very powerful portrayal of, of family in one of my favorite towns of Massachusetts, Gloucester, Massachusetts, <laughs> uh, since I grew up in Massachusetts. Right. Um, and what's most striking about this film is that it's so brilliantly acted when three of the three of the main characters are deaf and are using American Sign Language to communicate. Oh, wow. It is a great film. I think um, it's, it's a little slow uh, for me, but I think it's a very realistic coming of age story. Okay. Uh, it's not, not based on a true story, but it's a great film uh, to watch and good, good for the family. Uh, the final film uh, is a film I did talk about briefly last fall or maybe not so briefly, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Which is, again, it's good for pretty much the whole family, although I think the kids need to be a little bit older, like not toddler age to appreciate it. Um, But that whole, I find the realistic development of growing and strengthening or healing relationships in the family to be the best, even though it's completely animated and quite ridiculous in many ways. Yes. And of course, it's take on technology, helping the viewer to look at the positive and the negative of how much technology inundates our lives, I think adds a, but it just, it's a deeper film, even though it's animated and super fun. And uh, I think it's really geared towards younger people. So uh, I think it's a great little film. I hope it wins Best Animated Feature. I'm really hoping it does this time. Okay, that's good. And so that is one movie that I have seen. So that's good to know that it's nominated. So it's nominated for best animated, animated feature. feature. Yes. Um, we have a couple minutes and I wanted to ask you because oh, another yeah. film I did watch is Dune and I'm assuming that it also got nominated. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Best picture, at least. Because and, as, yeah. as soon as you started talking about family, I thought, hmm, what do you think about how the, the family values or family relationships that are portrayed in that movie? What did you think? I really liked the way it starts off with family. I think it's intriguing how family and politics get a little bit Mm. interwoven there. It seems to interfere with some of the family roles, which is why I didn't pick it out as my strongest film on family, but I do like it. I liked the portrayal of the father and I, I uh, uh, actually, you know, I, I think the mother is a very strong character yeah, as well. I felt that way as well. Yes. And and you can see how they're shaping their son, um, mm-hmm. who obviously becomes the hero of the, yeah, the, boy um, who lived. the movie. I haven't read the books. <laughs> I found I actually I loved the scope of the film, but I, you know, like the, the epicness of it. But because I haven't read the books and because we really only saw the first half, right. like it feels like you, you, the story is very incomplete. Yeah. So, um, but I'm eager to see part two and, uh, but yeah, definitely family and there's strong family values there that love for father and, and child and mother and, and mother and child, like really all of those right. relationships. Yeah, it is. Okay, good. So um, next time we see you, I think that the awards will have been given. So maybe we can uh, look back and see if your predictions for Mitchell's versus the machines or Encanto or Coda uh, won any of the awards. That's um, right. We can do that. Thank you very much, sister, for these uh, for these suggestions, because I think that's really what it is. So that people can spend some time watching some good quality uh, films and not some of the other trash that might be out there. Yeah. Thank you. I- Oh, you're so welcome. It's always a joy. And I always enjoy watching great movies too. So that's true too. 
Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowsthesoul.wordpress.com and you can follow her at Sister M. Paul. Coming up in our second half hour, Catholic Central, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Cooper Ray, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you're a parent or a teacher, I'm sure you've struggled to find good, solid Catholic media content that is also entertaining and fun for your children or students. Maybe you've come across Catholic Central. In fact, maybe you heard about it on this show about four years ago when, uh, when that show was first launched and we spoke with Libby Slater, one of the hosts of Catholic Central. But if you haven't heard of Catholic Central, stick around. Catholic Central is a web series that offers answers to questions that we all have about our faith. It is hosted by Kai Johnson and Libby Slater, and it's written by an excellent team of witty writers. The result is a series of videos that are both entertaining and educational. In fact, they say that they offer enterforming insights on all things Catholic. Catholic Central is now airing on Salt and Light Television. And so, to tell us more, I'm now joined by the producer of the show, Susie Duenas. Susie, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's an honor to be here. So, so you know what my first question is going to be. Like, what, <laughs> what is enterforming? Yes, you know, it's a funny word, but you think of the word entertaining and what comes up. It's, it's media content. It's movies. It's music. It's TV shows. We had the idea that what if we took the Catholic faith and we made it entertaining, we made it digestible, so that people who do have these questions of the faith have this resource that they can access when they're tasked with the daunting idea that, oh, you know, I don't know much about the doctrine of the, the Catholic Church. What if there was a way that you could go around that and find a solution, make it easier for you to mm -hmm. understand? Then enter Catholic Central, which is, as you mentioned before, a free web video series that seeks to offer these authoritative yet entertaining answers to these questions. Yeah. And, and we keep, we keep saying entertaining. And I think that if people haven't gotten, <laughs> if they haven't gotten it, I mean, it is entertaining, but I think it's important. And you use the word authoritative, of course, it's solid Catholic teaching. It's, it's informing, but it's also forming in terms of formation, right? Um, helping people understand. And, and I know that we are going to say that it's for young people, but it isn't. It's really for, for anyone who, who needs the faith digested. Maybe that's not the term, but, but <laughs> it, it, it kind of explained in a way that's easy to, to explain. Um, do you know a little bit of the history? Like how, how did the idea of Catholic Central, I mean, you, may, you mentioned that you thought of something that would be entertaining, but why this particular format to hosts? Like, what does the show look like for someone that, who has never seen it? Yes. Well, we are based on YouTube. And what an episode will usually look like is we'll do a, a skit at the beginning that in a, in a nutshell, will give a little hint about what the episode is going to be about. For example, if we were doing an episode on baptism, we might have a skit about someone being baptized and 
trying to find a way to respectfully and yet entertainingly explain it to the audience. Then once we go past the skit, we'll begin the informative aspect of the episode, which is rooted in the theology of the church. Mm -hmm. And now how Catholic Central actually came to be is that a few years ago, one of our executive producers was perusing YouTube and noticed that a lot of the content creators were moving towards creating web-based educational series. And he thought, well, this is what the world is looking at. This is what they're interested in. I think that we could do that with our faith. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, you've done a, 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 an excellent job. I'm, I'm trying to imagine your role, Susie, as producer and, 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 and how do you come up with with ideas how do you like what is that what does it look like to be in that room with with the writers with the, with the director you yourself I don't know if Libby and 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 Kai are part of that process how do you come up with ideas and you use baptism for example like how do you make that entertaining sure well as I'm you know it's all rooted in in the doctrine of the church. So we'll usually go to the catechism, which is the mm-hmm. foundational document. That's where all the teachings come from. But we absolutely do sit down with the writers and we say, how can we take this topic and make it relatable to someone? So that could be uh, putting a specific uh, scenario in in this episode where, oh, you know what, at this baptism, uh, one of the candles fell, fell from the, uh, <laughs> from the altar, we you know, the right. water spilled on the floor, and I almost slipped and fell, but, or, you know, things like that. Yeah, but okay. uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a, a fun process. Um, you have tons of, I mean, you cover, you, you've done like, I don't know how many episodes, 60 or more episodes, um, and lots of topics, proof of God, virtues, prophets. I mean, people can just go to the website and see there's, there's even uh, topics that are maybe you wouldn't think that are specifically about the faith, like dealing with mental health, um, uh, scriptural stuff. I mean, as you said, that you really cover, it's not just doctrine necessarily, but it is rooted, rooted in the catechism. I said earlier that it's not just just for young people. So who who is the show for? Who are you thinking of when you're when you're writing this these episodes? Yes, well, you know, ideally, and what we aim to do is is we hope to reach everyone with these videos. Mm-hmm. However, we've noticed that there's this is a great tool for personal growth in knowledge of the faith, but it's also been a great tool for educators, for teachers, for parents who want to help their kids become more knowledgeable in the faith. We've gotten comments on YouTube from people who are from in, in different countries. We've gotten comments mm-hmm. from students in certain classes that will say, hey, my teacher made me watch this, but I'm glad that she did because I'm really enjoying this. Or we'll get the occasional, you know what? I just stumbled upon this. I'm going to college and I just want to thank you so much for bringing this content to light. Yeah. And you are reaching uh, people around the globe, not just in English, because there's also a uh, version of the program in Spanish, Lente Católico. Why was it important to to make the show available in Spanish? Yes. Well, Lente Católico, as you mentioned, it's Catholic Central's Spanish counterpart, but it, it, same way that it, it 
Catholic Central aims to bring the faith to the audiences. Uh, what the beauty of Lente Católico is, is that we're able to cover topics that are relevant to cultures within the Spanish-speaking world, including certain devotions and traditions. For example, I'm Mexican, and we have a great devotion to Our Lady Guadalupe, mm -hmm. and we have Las Posadas at Christmas time, things and traditions that usually would not be made aware in the English-speaking world, we have in the Spanish-speaking world. Yeah, and you're right. So, so, so that people don't think that Lente Católico is not just a translation of Catholic Central, but it actually there are there's different hosts, it's a different script. There might be even different topics, like you mentioned, posadas or things that are specific to uh, to people who who speak Spanish or come from Spanish-speaking countries, like myself. Um, <laughs> tell tell us quickly, Susie, in the time that we have left, uh, for people, our listeners that maybe are not familiar with family theater productions. Um, what is family theater and why are they producing shows like Catholic Central? Yes, absolutely. Well, Family Theater Productions is a production company that's located in Hollywood. And it was actually founded in 1947 by Father Patrick Payton, who was lovingly known as the Rosary Priest. And many people know the phrase, the family that prays together stays together. He was the one that, that coined that phrase. But he was humble and passionate and a very strong figure who thought that he could reach families and generally people around the world and teach them to pray or to impact their lives and inspire them to unify themselves as family, as a community. And we're continuing that mission today. Yeah, and he did great work and he's, I think we can say that he's still doing great work interceding for <laughs> us and for you guys at Family Theater as as you continue the mission that he started. Susie, it's been great uh, talking with you. Nice to meet you. I hope we get to meet in person soon. Um, and thanks for the work that you and the whole team of Family Theater are doing. Um, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's been a pleasure to talk talking with you as well. And I hope to meet you in person very soon. Susie Duenas is a producer at Family Theater Productions. She's a producer of Catholic Central and Lente Católico. You can learn more and watch all the videos at catholiccentral.com for Lente Católico. It's lentecatolico.org. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. And if you want to learn more about Family Theater Productions, you can go to familytheater.org. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at our website, eslmedia.org. Here now is Cooper Ray with Freedom in Your Cross from his album, Anywhere for You. Deep inside this heart and heart, amid a stormy sea, lies a love that aches for you and longs to be set free, to be set free.
face, you freed me, you freed me. Your love paid the price, what a great sacrifice. You freed me, you freed me. Your love paid the price, what a great sacrifice. Cooper Ray with Freedom in Your Cross from his album Anywhere for You. We first met Cooper Ray in November 2017. He had just published his last album, Anywhere for You. Cooper has been in ministry for over 20 years, spending most of his time leading worship, speaking at events, uh, and leading retreats. Cooper is now coordinator of middle school ministry at St. Anne's Parish in Capel, Texas. We all know that it's been a rough two years for people in ministry, and since it's been a while since we spoke with Cooper, we thought it was a good time to reconnect. Cooper, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thanks. It's great to be back. Appreciate it. So I don't want to put you on the spot or make you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but there's no new music. How come? Uh Well, I mean, as you said, I'm the coordinator for middle school ministry um, at my parish, and I've been doing that. For about five, four years now, a little bit over four years, and uh, and then I also have three young boys at home, and so uh, I think the the combination of of those two things has really kind of when I've when I do have time away from the work and the ministry, like I've ju- I just try to pour myself into my family, um, and yeah. and as you know that you know to sit down, well, for some people it's very easy. There are people who I know who who can't not write like they write a song a day and they're just yeah, machines. Yeah. Sarah Hart. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> I wasn't going to mention her but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah okay. Hart. Yeah, she's super and, human. Um but but for me it's more labor intensive and it definitely takes time to be away to really focus in the deep. Okay, so it. so let's sorry to interrupt. So you're not like and, and and we're not talking about people like Sarah Hart, but I mean like you're not like do you because in prayer, for example, you're not getting like ideas all the time or melodies in your head that you might jot down or working on things that take might take you longer. But you're so so you're not like you actually need to sit down and focus and set time aside to actually do songwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I think also has to be just kind of a mentality or a mental state. Like yeah, I, yeah. Just, I have to even be in that place. Like right now, any time of that I'm in prayer, a lot of my prayer brings me to. How am I going to serve the ministry at my parish? How am I going to serve right. these young people? I mean, we have 
we have over 250 middle schoolers that are um, wow. connected with our program. And on a regular Sunday night, we might have 125, 130 that show up on a regular basis. And so Wonderful. Um, there's a lot going on with that. And of course, we're just trying to, it's almost like coordinating a, a, a conference, um, a small rally every weekend. And so there's a lot that, that plays into that. So a lot of the creativity that would normally be set aside for doing music right. uh, really just kind of comes into the ministry more often. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I wanted to ask you about the middle school ministry. I don't know how common that would be in parishes. I've never heard of a parish that has ministry that's so specific to middle school, to that age group. Um can you tell us more? Like, how do I'm assuming is there like the elementary ministry and the high school ministry and the middle there school? Is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow. we're, we're very blessed. I mean, St. is a very large parish. Um, and part of the reason why it's so large is because it has a history of pouring into, um, into the youth ministry that kind of got its start years ago with the life team. And, um, and they just invested. They had some very visionary pastors a number of years ago and they've kind of kept up with that vision. Um, and so when the opportunity to come on board with middle school ministry, um, I, I was I was very excited because I think a lot of times middle schoolers don't get the first of all, they don't, they don't get the credit that they deserve um, in being able to go to a depth in their in their spiritual mm -hmm. life. Uh, secondly, um, a lot of times and because of that, they don't get a lot of, of opportunities to have some really great people working with them is it uh, sorry to interrupt is it because they're kind of between the sacraments because they're like they are they're not first communion but they're not quite right. confirmation yet yeah i mean we do confirmation in the eighth grade in okay, our parish so and in our diocese so there that is part of the preparation process but mm -hmm. i think it's just an awkward age and and some people just don't know what how to necessarily deal with those that awkwardness you know right. i mean i have my sixth grade boys that are you know like four foot nothing. And then I've got some eighth grade boys that are taller than me and I'm six two. So, um, I mean, there's a huge physical difference and then there's an emotional and a spiritual and, and a, a mental difference between them, you know? So, um, yeah. And so I, yeah, we, we're in a parish that has a, a very vibrant, um, children's ministry and a very vibrant high school ministry and Aaron smack right back in, in dab in the middle, um, doing the middle school. That's stuff. wonderful. And you've been able to, over the last two years with this pandemic, the parish was able to continue a lot of those programs. They were, we, um, so our director of, of, uh, youth ministry kind of oversees all the departments, youth and children's ministry. He was just, he, when, when things kind of broke, uh, he's like, we're not stopping. And we went virtual immediately. And wow. um, because of that, he, you know, we just, we just didn't stop. We didn't stop moving. And, um, and I think, you know, we, we created an opportunity, a need, I guess, you know, we're like, Hey, this is vital. And we're putting efforts and people were kind of asking us how, how has St. Anne managed to do it? We had other parishes that were trying to get some advice from us and some guidance. And so um, there was kind of need to be a part of that. Were you able to keep the children engaged? Because I've heard stories about people trying to just go online and it just did not work. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I think it was novel at first. And, um, you know, because everybody was on the screens and it was kind of neat. And so we were doing these big group games with Kahoot and um, Jackbox yeah. and these other programs. Uh, but, but after a while, I think because schools were doing 
the you know doing the online presence as well i think they just got they got screen fatigue you know and and it kind of reminded me of what the transition that life team made years and years ago to transform how to do ministry to young people was to put them in the small group and take them out of the classroom because that classroom model that we use for so often and perhaps even in some parishes to use um it feels kind of like school. So it's a six day a week thing. And so youth ministry shifted. We made it novel, made it interesting. And then when COVID hit, we were back in that same thing. The screen wasn't novel and whatever we did was going to be, it was going to be just like what they were experiencing six days a week um, or five days a week. And so uh, it, it was it was hard. I even heard, you know, our some of our Protestant brothers and sisters in their youth ministry programs having the same issues, which kind of made me feel a little bit better because I felt like we were doing some great stuff. But I was like, maybe it's maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just our kids. But there were across the board, um, youth ministry across the board was struggling right. about, you know, three months, three, four months into it. Yeah, same here, same in Canada. Um, hopefully we're over that now. And, and as th- things start opening up and. Um, restrictions are being lifted. I guess Texas is a little ahead of <laughs> everywhere. We are else. slightly ahead of the curve, even in the United States, we're ahead of the curve, which yeah, is great. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's place. It's good to for be. ministry. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, um, so I, I'm going to go back to music because yeah. I, I think that that uh, I don't think that you're going to not write any more songs. Um, anything new? Anything you can give me? Anything that's coming down the pipes? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, a group of artists with OCP, Oregon Catholic Press, which is um, where I'm published through, yeah. uh, we've, we are going to be getting together. In fact, we were supposed to get together in January uh, for mm-hmm. a writer's retreat, and which is, I was so excited about. We're going to come together, we're going to pray, uh, and then break off and, you know, pair up, get in threes, get in fours, and, and really start to take from that prayer, how are we going to, you know, what are some songs that are coming to us, you know, because there's a synergistic um, aspect to writing music, especially when you're able to be in person. I've written songs on Anywhere For You. I co-wrote every single song, mm-hmm. um, but most of it was done through Zoom or it was done, hey, I'm going to send you some songs. You look at it and send yeah. it back to me. But when you're in the same room, there's a different connection that happens and there's a different vibe. So. Um, unfortunately it got that, that writer's retreat got delayed and, um, and, and we're pushing it to May. Um, I don't think it's a breach of confidence or anything. Um, hopefully not with OCP, but I'm just really excited about getting back in there and getting yeah. to, um, be with these people and just see if we can come up with something amazing and write some great, some great music for the church. Absolutely. And even if you don't, I think just the, that experience of being together in fellowship, supporting each other in, sure. uh, through prayer and just net fellowship really is what it is. I'd be great. Maybe I can see if I can weasel my myself to, to get in there and join you guys for that retreat. That'd be so much yeah. fun. Oh, you'd be um, welcome. At least I, I would welcome you. <laughs> hey, I, I can, I can write a song or two. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cooper has been so good to, to chat with you today and to reconnect. I'm glad things are, are well and that you, you. you and the family are keeping well. And, uh, and I'm glad that there is possibly some music coming down the pipes and that way we can, uh, Get to get you back on the show and, and I know, right? You don't have to great. use an album. It's like so it's so long, it's so old. We'll yeah. get there. We'll. I mean, I mean, when I said that I we last spoke with you five years ago, it really doesn't seem like it was five years ago. Time flies. So right. It does. Um, thank you for what you do. Thank you for uh, sharing with us a little bit of of it with us today. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure being back on the show, man. All right, Cooper. Take care. God bless. All right. All right thanks. You too.
You can learn more about Cooper Ray and book him for your next event or retreat at his website, cooperray.com. Here now is Cooper Ray with You Call Me from his album, Anywhere For You. with You Call Me from his album Anywhere For You and that will bring us to the end of our program this week remember that you can find me on Facebook Twitter or Instagram just look for Deacon Pedro and you can also reach me via email pedro at eselmedia.org I love to hear your comments and messages and I respond I promise I do respond to every single email I receive and also remember that you can listen to every single Salt and Light Hour episode on our website eselmedia.org slash podcast You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. In the next couple weeks, we'll be speaking with singers Bob Halligan of Katie Rain, John Finch, and Marie Miller, and so many more people. So I hope that you can join us every week. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to take care of yourselves and of each other, and always pray for each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.